Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast series. Uh, but before we get started in today's show, it's just a, bit, a big shout out to the studio that we are filming in today, Campfire Studios, an amazing location in the heart of Auckland. And from all studios, these guys are trying to not just provide these services, but bringing people together to take their message, to share it out to the world, to make a difference in the community, in our society today. And I'm so excited about this relationship between my podcast and Campfire Studios and where we can go on to next with what they're providing out there. And by all means, if you're in Auckland and you're in this game of podcasting or recording or content, you need to come check them out. But uh, to my guest today, John Mayberry Jr., a video and presentation coach, someone who has grown up around TV, radio, and everything else, and someone that I see on social media with a silky smooth voice that I'm a little bit some days jealous about, also that produces almost more content than I do, which is sometimes quite hard. I'm so excited to talk to you about um, your path, your journey, and also teaching people out now to become a speaker, presentations, um, even launching podcasts, content creation, and all that sort of tips and tricks specifically to a lot of New Zealand companies because they are not brave enough to put themselves in front of a camera. But, John, welcome to the show. Lawrence, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, mate. Oh, thanks so much, John. Um, like I said, I've seen you across social media for quite a few years, and I finally thought I need to reach out to you, John, and say, hey, how's it going? Get you on the show and talk to you about that. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of what you're offering people today, let's go back a little bit and take How far do you want to go back, Lawrence? Let, let's talk about sort of, you know, your path. And I know something that's something that was important that I've, I've seen when I did a bit of a stalk on, you know, your, your backstory was, you know, radio, TV, growing up, also, you know, grew up with a bit of a stutter and then struggling through your path of, finding what actually made you happy to where you are to pretty much today. And look, it's a really good place to start. You know, that story is I was, as a youngster, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of how my story rolls. As, as a youngster, I was surrounded by show people, mm -hmm. MCs, actors, uh, mag magicians, all sorts of really interesting people with interesting stories. Yep. And I remember as a six-year-old thinking, geez, that's, th this sounds like a good thing to do. And that was it. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to follow the footsteps of my yep. father and my grandfather into radio broadcasting and show business. And it just like, yeah, cool. You know, it was a, it was a thing to do. Mm -hmm. And then about the age of nine, I developed a stutter. And that, yeah, it was challenging. And it's, it's, it's kind of a barrier that a lot of people will face that I see uh, in in a in a coaching mm -hmm. environment, they've got a thing. There's something there that stops them yep. from moving forward. But I was like, hell no! You know, I'm just gonna you know you you go down the pathway. You went to speech and drama lessons. I uh, did lots of theatre and uh, lots of voice classes, microphone technique. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember an exercise. There was a book called Rhymes with Reasons, mm -hmm. and it was for the R sound, right? And it was it was you know. I remember the rhyme. This is from like 1980, probably. <laughs> Father's car is a Jaguar, and he drives rather fast. Arthur's cart is far less smart and can't go half as far. I would rather drive at my papa's fast car than Arthur's cart. You got really good at, mm -hmm. at the at the R sound after that. But there were lots of other rhymes that you learned. And yeah, I, after about seven years, mm -hmm. eight years, I didn't have a stutter. Yep. And I think a lot of it was just confidence. But I, and then I'd worked in radio mm -hmm. um, uh, for 
for 10 years, uh, mainly music. Uh, um, some I was a sports sports host yeah. on a station that no, no, no bugger ever heard of with my father, creating the first father and son radio show in New Zealand. And I did some, you know, commercial voice artist, a uh, bit of TV. Yeah. And that's kind of where you learn some mm-hmm. things, right? And I look, I, I've always been a fan of playing with words. You know, if you look at a script, how can you read that 10 different ways from an actor's perspective or from a, you know, reading a radio ad? Mm-hmm. How can you deliver that uh, differently each, each and every time? And, you know, for, for, for us as, as, as speakers, yeah. we just take it for granted that we know how to speak, yeah, right? But uh, it, all of those years, all of that practice, and people said, oh, John, how did you, how, how did you get that voice? How did you get that voice? And it's like, well, I practiced. Yeah. I remember driving. I worked in travel before I got into radio. And I remember I rode, rode a 1970 Mark III Cortina driving from Very nice. Tucker. It was, a, it, was a, it was a shit show. <laughs> I always broke down, but this it was fine. Uh, driving from home in Auckland's North Shore mm. to, to, to work going, Auckland's original rock station, Radio Araki, or whatever it is. But understanding your voice, how far you can, how low you can take your voice, how high you can take your voice. And I practiced that over the years. It is so true. You're talking, you know, talking about with that voice. It's quite interesting to anyone that um, knows John or has been around John or look at it. But means there's a there's a segment on John's website, and it's I think it's about a 90 second segment of your voiceover work. And I was I was listening through it just the other day, and it's, I think you might have 10 or 12 segments cut up into yep. that 90 seconds, right? And while the emotional roller coaster that each segment takes you through, like um, obviously with voiceover work and someone that needs to listen to it, is you actually literally you got to use close your eyes and actually listen to it and see what the message is coming across. And each one of those took me on a different journey, depending on what you were talking about in the sure. product. And some of the, some of them I even you know recognised. And it was up, down, slow, foster, exciting, and all the rest of it. And it was amazing to see that. And like you said, it is something that uh, us as um, speakers out there over a few years, we, it becomes natural to us. But to a lot of other people, they don't, they don't know that or don't understand that or don't know how to go to those next steps to realize going, how do I slow myself down, control what I'm thinking about, Removing those, the, the people that always have the worries, removing the ums or the thought, or the thinking words, right? Look, you'll, you'll really appreciate this. I was coaching a young guy on his, doing his podcast, mm-hmm. and I was just so excited to, you know, for him to get in the equipment and say, no, I want you to get the headphones mm-hmm. because I want you to listen to, to yourself. yourself yeah. And he'd never, he's, he's 35, says, is this the first time you listen to yourself? And he went, yeah. It's I said, weird. how'd you sound? <laughs> I thought my voice was deeper. <laughs> and it, it's, it's just oh. gold. Oh, yeah. It's in that moment. Yeah. It actually, so that's what I sound like. <laughs> now, you can, we can change yeah. how you sound, mm-hmm. or the people that know, like, and trust you, who have you've mm-hmm. been around for 35 years, yeah. that's what you sound like to them. Correct. So just be authentic, own it, and move forward. But if you, you know, you, I, I get people with accents saying, I want to change my, my accent. Don't lose your identity. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's who you are. 100% with that. Um, and I do, I do laugh about that. I remember myself putting my headphones on, and I'm a bit more of an old school podcaster, so most of the times when I'm at home, I've always got over years on. And, mm-hmm. and it is a real interesting one when you hear your voice for the first time. And I know the voice in my head is not as deep and is not as loud as the voice that's coming out of my mouth. So I've had to have times, and also – 
raised as South African, we are a very loud community, very fast-speaking community. So most times if there's more than one of us South Africans in the room, it gets very loud, very fast, very quickly. Sounds like an argument. So I've got to sometimes just and there, bring that down, right? There are exercises that you can do to, you know, I've been using this really cool tool. It's called Udly. Mm-hmm. And it's an AI tool yep. that you can use on video or audio, upload the file, and it's going to uh, assess your hedging words, your filler words, your mm-hmm. ums, ahs, so's, you know, okay, those words. And until you're aware mm-hmm. that you do them, you you, 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 you you just don't know how to change it. And Correct. Go, oh, my God, I've been going around on the BNIs and I've been uh, recording how many ums or ahs people do when they when they present their business. And they're shocked. They're absolutely shocked when they when they hear that that they had a, um, a 16 ums or ahs. And until you're aware mm. that you do it, you can't change it. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you a little bit on that point, and then we're going to get down into some, some nitty-gritty and some nice tips and tricks about what you're doing at the moment. The ums and ahs is always an interesting one, right? It's, uh, it's that whole perception out there that you shouldn't um and ah. But there's two, yeah. side, there's two sides of it, right? There's the um and ah when I don't know what I'm doing, and there's the um and ah when I'm thinking as a thinking word. Yep. So the big thing is realizing the difference between the two and going, when I, so I had to teach myself, so when I'm thinking not to go um, just to be quiet, so that I can think and then respond. And that was the realization compared to the um and ahs when I don't know what I'm doing. And that shows a sign of he's not sure about it, so whatever comes out of his mouth next is likely bullshit, right? And so that's where you've got to look at it. And there's a lot of people out there, unfortunately, are driven by, I've got to be perfect. There's got to be no ums and ahs. And, and when I started my podcast career, I would go back when it was just audio. I would edit those out. I would spend – You'll laugh at me. I would spend four hours on every one hour recording to take out all these ums and ahs to make it sound like I was perfect, which I wasn't. And I remember to this day vividly when I realized that I'm wasting my time and I was sitting at home. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was doing a public speech, getting this award. The most, one of the most famous actors of the modern era stood up on stage and blah, 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 um, blah, 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 um. And I looked and went, if that dude can drop it like that why the fuck am i spending four hours of my time of editing at all these ums and ahs because i'm thinking that being perfect is going to make me a better podcaster and no it's not and look that's that you're absolutely right the the i am an r and for a long period of time i i just went no fuck it i'm just going to um or r and how i speak And what that's saying to the people that I want to be talking to is it's okay. I just want you to – you can get behind a microphone, get in front of a camera, and do your thing, Mm -hmm. and you'll get better at it. Um, But don't let the – we know that perfection is a problem for Kiwis and for anybody putting themselves out there. You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to, you know, I, I always, the, how I think about it is there are speech teachers mm-hmm. who, well, hello there, Lawrence, lovely to see you here today. <laughs> I don't want to sound like that. Yeah. They're not the people that I want to be attracting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm not a Trinity College, New Zealand speech board, beautifully spoken person. Yeah. I, 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 I don't want to attract those types of people. So I'm going to drop the occasional F-bomb. I'm going to mm-hmm. drop the ums and ahs because that's imperfection. Yeah. And taking action, imperfect action. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, John, I, to anyone that was either just watching that um, or listening to it, 
Watch how quick John goes into a part in a segment, but still has full control of his vocab. And it's an amazing skill that you've learned, John. And I don't think you realize that, that uh, that's over time. And that's a lot what you help people with. And we'll get into that segment next. But that's something that's really impresses me as being in the content creation and the audio side and that. How, no matter how excitable you get, you still got full control of how you go. And I was thinking yesterday going, I wonder if I can break John. I wonder if I can make him and make him lose his words and his control and get a bit flustered and seeing the control he has at the moment, I think I might have an easier chance of making John change his profession than breaking his his control of his vocab about what he's trying to communicate. Be comfortable with the silence. Mm-hmm. There'll be, there'll, you, you can ask me a question that I may not have an answer for. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to think about that one. Silence. It's okay to just stop. I know it. It sounds like you know dead air. Yeah. Oh my god! It's like it's like ten minutes. (laughs) But dead dead is powerful sometimes. Hundred percent. It's the power of the pause. Yeah, it is. It is. It it drives a lot, especially on the visual side. On the auditory side, it's a little bit more interesting, right? Because if you listen on a podcast, you're driving and there's more than five seconds. You understand it's from radio, right? It's something like a couple of seconds. Dead air. All of a sudden, everyone's like, "Oh, the radio station's got down." But on the video side, where we stimulate about both. That negative hold is so powerful because everyone that's visually looking is almost like, what's going on? What's next? What's not getting excited about it? And you can just hold that and utilize it to your to your power and to your will. So I want to get into the, this first thing into the video, right? So a video coach um, that you out there at the moment and are trying to help brands throughout the world, but also specifically in New Zealand to produce more video about their brands or their business and get in front of a camera and be more confident. Talk me through that and some insights and some tips you've seen that brands should follow or take those steps to actually do, um, to, to take that next step into the video creation. When I first started being a video coach, my piece of resistance here is what do we talk about? It's mm-hmm. always the first thing. Mm-hmm. And I find that, you know, I was on LinkedIn and people were doing educational mm-hmm. content. And we know that educational content is, it demonstrates your expertise. But one thing I learned very quickly was if you posted a, a, an authentic personal story, it got way much more engagement. And I said, us as content creators, we like a little bit of engagement, right? We like to have the likes and the comments, et cetera. Ultimately, it's about impacting those people. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, yeah, I just, I just experimented with different, I call them styles, but topics, yeah. whatever you want to call it, and largely it's, personal story gets the most engagement it's it, it connects us with people yep. so cats cats a photo of a cat uh, well yeah look, look we can go a little bit further <laughs> on from you know facebook land or instagram land here is what i had for dinner last night that you know some people uh, I'm, I'm thinking particularly linkedin has mm-hmm. been the channel that i focused on and people think oh well but it's linkedin yep. it's business i can't talk about personal things correct well actually no, people do business with people they know, they like, and they yep. trust. And we need to share personal content about ourselves. Yep. And, you know, look at Jason Gunn. Mm. I mean, it's like he's he's one guy that doesn't need to post personal content because everybody knows who he is. Yes, 100%. Right? For his strategy, he can just go straight into educational content and bring value because already people, oh, I've seen him on the telly for X number of years, yep. but if you're if you're not known mm-hmm. for your community, you need to build out that resonance of who you are first of all. So, 
if you if you if you're going to take some action, do an audio or video yourself. Uh, one of my a lot of my students, people in my network, see that oh, this is a John video because I've said, tell me three things about you mm-hmm. that your audience doesn't know. Yep. How I'd start three, two, one. I want to tell you three things about me that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Start think about what 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 the audience. In those first three seconds, what's in it for the audience? Yep. It's not about, hello, my name is John Mabry, I'm a radio announcer. You know, it's not about that. Yep. It's not about who you are, what's in it for your audience. And I know as a creator, it's all about the audience, mm-hmm. right? It's 100%. all about you listening to or watching this podcast. So personal content, and then it's like, okay, we need to demonstrate proof. If we think about the customer journey of people, well, you know, who are you? Do I like you? Do you deliver on what you say, mm-hmm. right? So the next has got to be an element of proof. I call it a client success story. And it's largely, it's a short form, three-act series, uh, setting conflict resolution. Uh, we don't have to go into a hero's journey here or a 12-step hero's journey, but it's just three. Uh, um, this is a client, a few mm-hmm. things about them. Uh, this is their one problem. Yep. And this is where they are now. Not what you did for them, just what was the result they got. Yep with a nice little call to action. So if you want that same result, we should talk. And that's one of my stock kind of scripts that I I suggest people do. Then the next thing is educational. Mm -hmm. But you've still got to do, um, I would say, five personal type videos. Mm -hmm. So three things. What are your values? Who are your mentors? What's your why? What's the story behind what, 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 what you do? Then maybe three or four client success stories that frame different types of clients or different problems that you solve for your clients, and then educational. And I've always tried to treat educational as, you know, the challenges that I find a lot of new creators is they go into a problem and then they don't know how to get out, Hmm. right? Starting is actually easy, but finishing is really hard because you're like, I'm in front of the camera and I might as well just keep on talking. (laughs) No. So, and this is, I'm all about structure. So what's the one problem you're going to talk about today? Give a short example of the problem and give away some value. And knowing how to end your video or your podcast, and I say, ask an open-ended question to encourage engagement. Okay. Yep. Totally. So, yeah, those are the three kind of stock standard uh, script styles that, that that I work with. Uh, and then there's the next step of okay, let's just let's just map out what they will look like. Have a rough idea of what you're going to say. I I don't like scripting out videos because you don't learn anything, yep. and most most people don't have an auto cue at home, and when they do, mm-hmm. it it's, uh, my, my name is John Maybury, and you know doesn't come across it doesn't come across as natural we want those those moments those emotional pauses of going oh fuck what do i say mm. you know yeah. you might be able to edit that out but it 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 it, it sees that um yeah that emotional piece um in between sentences the real piece actually yeah the, the uh, real audience piece. we see so many companies you you totally relate to this and i see it with clients and people as well is the, the fear of hey the people are going to judge me because i'm imperfect I'd rather have imperfect than anyone that is perfect. So I speak to a lot of people and say, if I see a company or brand launch perfectly, I'm not interested because that's truly unrealistic. No company's perfect. No brand's perfect. Um, I want to see the failures. I want to see the mistakes. I want to see the growth. Growth is more important to me as well from um, a content and a journey. 
Um, and we just got to realize to the audience out or to people that want to launch that audience out there, that is perfectly great. I still regret to this day that my first 16 episodes of my podcast series, I did it on audio only. I didn't do it across video because um, I would love to have gone back to my first one and take a look at it. And the, the biggest story from this one was when I got into the podcasting career, I went and um, listened to Joe Rogan. Um, I still follow some of his shows. Some people support him, some people don't. But he's got over 10 years of podcasts, and I spend two years and I listen to him every day, all day. I think I did 500 episodes in two years to get my insights and learning and the skills and t- picking that, that up. Sense. So I sort of did a two-year education myself in you know, sort of 10 years in radio learning from what I could would take up. And the funniest thing was his first episode was him and Brian Redband sitting in front of a computer talking and then switching on these features and the, the the features in the background was snow. And I remember Joe Rogan is like, oh, cool. We can make it snow while we're talking. And then stars <laughs> sprinkling. And you look back at it and you're like the most richest, one of the most richest podcasters in the world today. And you look at his first episode and you look back and it's so cringy, but it's amazing to see that. Mm-hmm. Now from a brand and business that is true and awesome and amazing to see, right? To go back to um, any of your clients or any of my clients and go, look where you've gone. And then when someone sees it, is they build a better relationship with that, right? Because they can go, I can see you true. I can see you honest. I can see you willing to take that risk and show your um, your truthfulness. I've had a fridge blow up during a podcast uh, when I was forming <laughs> my man cave. I was sitting there and literally went bang and blew up uh, recording. I stood up off the camera Walked around, shut it all down. There was literally 60 seconds of me not sitting there with my guests on the other side, came back and went, okay, sorry about that. And I really, and I left it there. Totally relatable to the audience because that's real world. Okay, I met a guy, a builder yesterday mm-hmm. who's been in business for six months and I, we were talking about pitching and I said, you should do some proof videos. Have you got any Google reviews? And he said, no, I don't have a website. And so you've built your business with t- builder, right? Yep. So there's plenty of work out yep. there. But he need, wants to do some recruitment videos. And I said, do you know how to do a recruitment video? I said, yep. I'm going to pull out my phone. I'm going to say, my name is such and such. I've got a builder. I'm a builder. These are some of my team, et cetera, mm-hmm. some of the work. Come and, come and work with it. I'm going to put that up on Instagram. And I'll get plenty of applications. So we've all seen people in, a, in an echoey room mm-hmm. with no microphone, no lighting, bricks, and people have commented, oh, my God, that is such an amazing – I got so much value mm. from what – people love the raw. Yep, raw so gets so much more engagement and because people th- – there's no pretense around it. It's not like there's no – I mean, uh, it ultimately, it comes back, who is your audience? Mm-hmm. What does your audience expect? 100%. One of the so most- if, you're, if you have an audience of filmmakers, yeah. well, yeah, I'd probably suggest you go to a videographer and you get it shot properly. <laughs> and, and, and you know, because your audience is expecting some level of production. Uh, so true on that. You know, understand what your audience – one of the hum- most humble things, and um, John, I know you'll know this, is what I, ex- what I think or what you think your audience wants is usually wrong. Oh, 100%. Okay, right? And, so, and that's the biggest thing uh, from the learning and uh, from content creation, right, and video to anyone that's listening or watching is I learned that the hardware for a year when I launched it, I was like, cool, this is what they want. This is how I'd want it. And I put it out there. It looked amazing. And I, and I went, where, where, where's it gone? Where's it growing? And why is nothing happening? And then finally I had to take that humble pie and went, um, some of my fans, can you tell me, am I doing the right thing? 
And the answers were totally opposite to what my expectation. My show was too long. Um, our, we didn't provide too much education. You know, it was more of a shooting the shit show of, hey, let's talk for an hour and a half and how you doing and great and tell me some stories. Where was the education? Because my podcast series is not more, it's not entertainment, it's more education based. Yep. So people in content world want to be entertained or educated. And I find myself in the middle and I wasn't clear enough on that. And that's the sort of stuff learning. But that's the learning stuff you've got to be willing to do, right? Your ego. Yeah. It was, it was, it was I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. And it's all about me. And that's, you know, in your planning, what mm-hmm. does your audience want? Yeah. And, you know, if, if from a, from a brand strategy perspective, you're gonna if you're gonna launch a product into the into the into the market, mm-hmm. but, but they do focus groups and they have their audience come in in a group and they ask questions of those focus groups and they get some insights about what does the audience want around that particular product. So then when they go to market, they're kind of eighty percent there yep. or the ninety percent there or they're absolutely certain that's what the audience wants, and that's the level of. Um, detail you need to go into in your planning any type of content. Yeah, uh, totally. How about we shift away from video at the moment and we move right into, so um, to anyone uh, that's learning about John, video, being interviewed, public speaking, launching a podcast. I know it's something just just recently launched with your brand. We're talking about off air of John's amazing skills to help you launch a podcast, looking to do this sort of game, reach out to him. But let's talk about that other thing that a lot of people um, sort of fear is either being interviewed or public speaking, right? It's a little bit different in itself, but there is some fundamentals at the bottom that can give people some tips of, hey, if I have to stand in front of someone else and talk in front of one person or group of people, what is some of the, the tricks that I need to learn and how do I keep calm and how do I, how should I engage and think about my responses? I'd love to know your thoughts about that. Goodness, that's, a, that's such a big topic. <laughs> uh, look, let's just talk about the interviewing thing mm-hmm. because, you know, we have two of these yeah. and one of these. Mm-hmm. So just listen. Your response will come from your guest's mm-hmm. answer. And just listen for that and trust. I know it's really, when you've got a list of questions, or, you know, just trust that if you listen, the next question will naturally flow. And that's what the audience wants to hear is your willingness to to dive into. And mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. You know, if you think about good interviewers, yep. they're like, they're listening for that. They've asked that question because they know that's going to lead to that and that. Mm-hmm. They might have some other questions that they want to get through. But from an interviewing perspective, just listen and be, and again, it's a little bit of element of public speaking, be comfortable with the silence yes. that we're thinking, okay, cool, mm-hmm. here is my next question. Translate that to in front of an audience. Well, you know, the first thing is being comfortable with the audience, yes. knowing who the audience is, is the most important thing. So how do I present do I, am I going to use loose language? Mm-hmm. Am I going to drop the occasional f bomb? Who is that audience? Mm-hmm. So I think there's um, understanding who the audience is. Doesn't matter video, uh, podcasting, speaking. Know who the audience is. Have some time researching who they are. And nerves. <sighs> well, I was again coming back. Do a warm up. Warm up the voice. Mm-hmm. I, I have this lovely exercise, you know, uh, big piece, little piece, big you know, warm up yeah. before. I mean, I think for 
you get used to getting on a microphone, right? You've kind of, uh, but if I was going off to do a, a voice job, I'm like, you know, just a warming up the lips and the tongue and the face. So then when you get behind a microphone, it comes out okay. So uh, dealing with nerves is you're just concerned. You just want to do well, right? And trust in your ability that you've rehearsed or practiced. Mm -hmm. Did you, have you rehearsed or practiced today? I've, you have you've prepared, right? I've prepared, yes. right? You've got notes in front of you. Therefore, you've done the work mm -hmm. of going. Okay, I have a rough idea of what my audience wants to mm -hmm. know, the questions that I think they want to know, and there's some few things I'd like to know, which is the educational piece. But he's prepared, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I, I was talking to a guy who presented a at, at BNI today, and he said, "Oh, I've got 20 slides, and it came out absolutely perfect when I presented." Um, to myself in the computer I, yesterday, I said, did you open your mouth? <laughs> he said, no, it was in my head. Well, that's not any good, is it? Because in your head is not what's coming out of your mouth. Correct. So, you know, understand your audience, be prepared, mm -hmm. rehearse, and warm up. And that's even before you, the curtain goes up and, you know, the spotlight's on you. Uh, then it's, uh, again, have the audience engage with you. Mm -hmm. Start with a, geez, I'm bloody nervous, aren't yeah. I? I mean, I'm shaking in my boots and everyone will be like, they want you to do well. Yeah. We, we all do that. We all want that, right? The, the going on stage the first time or again on the interview or in front of a stage, in front of a group, um, we all have that sort of that, that fear. And then once that split second, that once you get started and into it and as you do it more and more, you get better at it. I did a public, I did a little speech at a local school just about a month ago to 13 and 14 year olds. Cool. And I was more nervous to talk to 13 and 14 year olds in a room of uh, corporate business type people because I was like, am, am I going to be relatable? Am I going to be able to understand what they thought about? And I'm lucky that I've got um, two young kids at home. So Talking about rehearsal is I sat my um, ten my, my, my boy turns okay. eleven um, um, in a couple of weeks. I sat him down on the couch and I did my segment with him, and he laughed and smiled and it totally was relatable, and he loved it. And I went, "Say great, the kid relates it to it." And when I went and did it at the school, I actually had the principal come over to me. He goes, oh, that was amazing. It was totally relatable to the kids. You made it in such a way. I brought Harry Potter into it. I brought magic wands and and everything else. Because I had to respect my audience. Mm -hmm. I, I was still totally nervous, but I had to respect my audience, understand how they would relate to it, and then try and produce my message through that path. You know, a really cool exercise, this is something that's a little bit random, but if you've never been in front of an audience before mm -hmm. and you want to try and be as comfortable as possible mm -hmm. in front of that audience is stand in front of them without saying anything and observe what's going on in that little voice mm -hmm. in your head. So I remember doing some MC training with a, a guy who was just, he, you know, he, did, he didn't have an audience. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I want you to go and stand in the middle of Queen Street. You're like, this is the wolf of Queen Street. The middle of Queen Street on a peak, this was pre-COVID, and stand when all of the people are walking towards mm -hmm. you. Just go and stand and look at them. Yeah, Look at them as they're coming. You know, you can imagine, oh, my God, this guy's a bit bloody weird. <laughs> But it's a great exercise right. in being comfortable or at least understanding um, that, yeah, they're mm -hmm. looking at you 
and they might be thinking some weird stuff. They might be thinking at all. Or they might not be thinking anything at all. They're just looking. Mm. And I think that's the thing is people are just looking at you. They're not thinking anything. Well, yeah, they're judging and assessing. That's what they're doing. There's no way of getting out of that. But it's, it's, it's not about... It's not about you. Mm-hmm. You're right. you're the you're the vehicle to move something forward to tell a story. Uh, it's all about the audience. Yeah, totally. It's uh, it always is, and it's uh, that's like I said earlier. It's one of those clicks when you realize the humble pie, right? And again, that ego out the way. It's about the other person, the group, the individual on the other side of the camera or uh, on the stage. Once you can re- relate to what their expectations is, it's great. It doesn't matter how nervous you are and you communicate. Some of the best public speaking has been the most nervous person, but given the audience what they wanted to learn in the education, right? And then it's look, I say, I say, when you're on camera, you're looking down the down the down the barrel on you. You know, if you make it about the person you're talking, the one person you're talking to, video and podcasting, one on one, public speaking, obviously one to many, yeah. but from a I'm just talking to uh, Lawrence on the other end of that camera right there, and it's all about Lawrence. I want to do the best for Lawrence. And then suddenly this weight lifts off mm-hmm. your shoulders that it's, it's just not about me. Yeah. And the and, more you do it, the easier it yeah, gets. And it just flows on from there. Yep. So last piece I want to get to, John, um, is obviously as we spoke about you launching this new um, piece to help people launch a podcast or consider yep. looking into it. I would <sighs> love to know, do you feel – you know, podcasting became big during COVID because brands were sitting at home, they weren't sure this was the next level. But do you think it is sort of an area that businesses should just automatically look to add it into their, their bucket of content creation that everyone should have some form of podcast? Not just that people are considering, but all brands should consider getting into. Look, there's entertainment podcasts mm-hmm. and there's educational po- podcasts, right? I'm saying that businesses, if you want to put your ideal client in the interview chair, mm-hmm. then not only are you building an audience and educating them, but you're putting your ideal client in the chair, developing relationship with them. Mm-hmm. They're adding value to your audience. It's, it's an, it's a, it's a, there's an ROI for winning business. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to say, hey, Lawrence, we've never actually met before. I'd like to do business with you. Well, I'm not going to say that, but- would you like to come on my podcast? I'm going to promote you to yep. my audience. I just want you to tell your story. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's so powerful. And, and it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. People go, sure. And, you know, I hadn't met Lawrence in yep. person today, and he, he's a normal guy, <laughs> sort of South African, whatever, you know. Um, and it's you, you get to spend time with mm-hmm. them, and then he's going to promote me on his channels yep. to his audience, and I... I f- my reputation in your audience is raised. Correct. So my repu- my 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 respect of you has raised. Yes. And it just brings us closer together. So for me it's about relationships of interviewing your ideal client first and foremost and then obviously because people are like oh I'm going to create a podcast I'm going to build an audience. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take some time. Yeah. So it's you. it's actually about the 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 spending time mm-hmm. with a with a with someone who's going to bring value to you and uh, you can develop that, that that relationship. Yeah, I totally agree. It's and again, it's people out there, you know, worried. How do I do it? Where do I go? How do I oh. get it started? And that sort of stuff. Don't worry, John's got you sorted, right? And look, John's- there's lots of ways to skin the cat. Yep. You, you and I we chatted before the show. Is we both like uh, um, uh, f- 
on camera mm-hmm. on a on a on a live stream because yep. there's no production, there's no cost of a studio. Yep. There's a little bit of pre- being Pre- prepared. Correct. And knowing that it's live, live is so much easier. <laughs> Why don't you just do live and everyone just gets, oh, what if I make a mistake? Then you move on. Yeah. You're like, oops, we're just going to continue on. It's so much easier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did I did a live for Chiefs at the beginning part of the year. It was, I think, four or five months. It was just continuous in lives. And the only reason why I shifted off doing lives at the moment was um, I was noticing that uh, on some of my platforms, the platform supported – non-live video is better than live video. So that's the only reason why I shifted off some of that creation. But I did for a long period of time, and I thoroughly do enjoy the lives, and it's, it's just got a different twist to it and different quirkiness to it, right? It's got an edge like yeah. that, that, okay, I need to get it right. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, there's no going back. Yeah, I totally, uh, I totally agree with that, um, John. Look here, there's there's so much more we can get into. We could, today. we could, we could, we could talk speak another for hour, hours, right? Hours. Um, but to anyone else out there at the moment that's listening or watching that loves to uh, loves what John has had to say, would love to learn more. Where can we find you? Where can we reach out to you? I'm always on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. Send, you send me a connection, send me a DM. Um, website. You know, John johnmabry.com is my mm-hmm. email address. Oh, my God, I mentioned that. I'm, I'm going to get spammed. <laughs> uh, you find me on LinkedIn or um, or website, johnmabry.com. Yeah, amazing, John. Thanks so much for that. And to everyone else, you know, uh, if you're thinking about considering about the, the spectrum of contents, the, the audio, the video side, the skills – Taking it from that next level, just speaking to someone. John is a person that's been around. I've been around for well, many, many, the, many, many the, years. Look at the many years. Gray hair. <laughs> many years out there, and please, by all means, reach out to because it's amazing. Like I said, I always see John's content, and it's the the voice, the skills. I was unable to break John today, no matter how the excited. The man love today. The man love today, oh, right? Yeah, baby. Um, and thanks so much for John coming on and doing um, doing the segment for my audience for them to learn from that, and always. Um, Thanks for coming over to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Amazing. And just at the moment out there, can I ask one last question to the audience? I'm not going to say, hey, like and subscribe if you like it. To me, I don't care about that. What I care about is if there's someone out there that needs a little bit of help, if there's someone out there that could learn, pick up, or just need some insight and tips, just please reach out to them, support them. We're in a society today that needs the help more than I need the publicity. Let's go out there. Let's help people. Let's try to make a difference to ourselves and to everyone else around there. But at the end of the day, have a beautiful and powerful day and hope to see you soon.